0: Peace and blessings be upon you. Welcome to the Ta'leef Podcast, a space where we aim to provide content and connect our spiritual hearts with community, love, service, and prophetic wisdom. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We're here by the intention to expose ourselves to the mercy of Allah, to expose ourselves to His generosity, to expand our hearts, and to ask. For his forgiveness, to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us amongst those who are, to make us amongst those that he has granted a complete and total uh, reward that he would grant us by his infinite wisdom uh, and just uh, the entrance into Jannatul Firdas al Ala with a complete and perfect pardon, after which there is no sin or trace of illness in the company of the Prophet Muhammad. Bismillah. So with that, alhamdulillah, I hope that will is a little bit better in terms of your ability to uh, see me uh, as in insha'Allah. So Bismillah, rahman rahim. We're we're on the section where subhanallah the Muslims have migrated into Abyssinia, and that was something that last week we covered quite extensively in terms of just some of the, the meaning of that, like the significance of the Muslims migrating into Abyssinia. They're on their second migration because a wave of persecution that has been a- enacted upon uh, by the Quraysh to the to the Muslims. And so, SubhanAllah, they go into this second migration, SubhanAllah, uh, doing their best in order to, to just seek political and religious asylum. Uh, in this nation. And so what's known of course, is the Neges the Asmaha is SubhanAllah, known to be a just and merciful and kind king. And so they again uh, go. This time, the and the, the, the other Arab, the uh, warring Arab tribes are actually quite worried uh, about you know them entering into this country. They're concerned about it because they're concerned that the religion of Islam would spread They are also concerned that there would be another nation that would give them uh, not only this refuge, but they would build some kind of solidarity and allyship with. So the very thing, of course, that them migrating to Abyssinia would afford is the exact same thing that the Quraysh are actually concerned about, and they're very concerned Uh, that this relationship is going to be one that's going to strengthen the power of the Muslims. It's going to strengthen uh, their forces. And so they actually pursue them, right? And so this particular time, it's known that Jafar ibn Abi Talib radi Allah ta'ala is really leading this charge. And he, you know, is the the Amir of the Muslims who are arriving in Abyssinia. And SubhanAllah, they are, uh, you know, they. They are pursued by Abdullah bin Abi Rabia and Amr bin As, which is amazing because later on, we will study more about Amr bin As, inshallah. Uh, but at this particular moment, they actually follow the Muslims into uh, into Abyssinia. And they they when they arrive, they do their best to, if you can imagine, they are giving gifts to the patriarchs of Abyssinia they are you know saying basically they are coming from Arabia they're making it known they're they're telling their, you know getting the opportunity to tell their tale first that a group uh from their country has arrived to come and seek refuge in their country but that this group is a group of of of, uh unruly refugees and they're you know but they're they're pretty much like buttering them up they're doing everything they can in order to make them trust them to also make them have a good opinion of them and to feel positive to build kind of a positive relationship and so and the next day after this gift-giving ceremony to the patriarchs and after you know this kind of presentation, well, here we are. This is why we've come from Mecca uh, in, in pursuit of these particular refugees, as if they are. Um, you know, as if they're, of course, renegades, that they are, you know, uh, someone who's kind of incited insurrection, and they're now running into another country, and, you know, going to cause chaos in that country. And so the next day, uh, they are brought before King Asmaha, or the Negus, and when they're brought before him, as we know him as King Nagashi, but this is Nagashi is the title. His name is Asmaha and mm-hmm. radi Allahu Ta'ala anhu. And subhanAllah, when they're and this is, you know, today it's it's so significant about what's happening in this particular region in Abyssinia till right now. Uh, that you know, subhanAllah, the level of bloodshed, the the misogyny, that were initially built by the companions has not only been under attack, but it's been destroyed. Even looking at, subhanAllah, the, the grave of, of King Asmaha, of the Negus, subhanAllah, has uh, been vandalized. And it's something that subhanAllah that Muslims not only should we be aware of, but it's something we definitely have to make dua about. It's something that we should be crying to Allah Azza wa that in the, you know, in, in our time, that this is something that we would that we would be uh, living to witness, that we would be that generation that would live to witness it. And we don't want to be numbered amongst those. Who, who watched such things, who watched our historical legacy be torn down. We don't want to be that generation where the Prophet Sallallahu said that the generation of mine were those who, who raised it and that we were the generation that allowed it to be crumbled to the ground. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen the Muslims and strengthen our ability and influence to be a means of positive change uh, and peace in that region that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would stop the violence in that particular region and that he would free the Muslims from, uh, from the harm as well as the oppression that they're suffering may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intervene in our affairs and may we have the kind of hearts that are compassionate and strong and that are certain in our belief and, and connected to our legacy that we feel a, a deep sense of a, a deep sense of uh, the need to act may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove us from our complacency ya and so going back to the story where these particular companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam are brought before the Negus, And there they are at the court. And SubhanAllah after having uh, basically been, you know, um, lambasted, as, after they have been painted by uh, Abdullah ibn Rabia or Amr ibn As after having been painted, you know, as, you know, these evil people who have, Torn away from the religion of their forefathers and caused a great uprising inside the Arabian Peninsula, and that they have caused uh, mothers to separate from daughters and, and fathers to separate from sons and communities to fall apart and for tran- uh, clans and tribes to be disconnected from each other. That's subhanAllah, they're after being described in this manner as a group that are. Uh, you know who who are not just insurrectionists who are doing their best to kind of overthrow the government and to and to remove the peace that they have enjoyed for so many years. The, after being painted in that way, the negus then turns to Jafar ibn Abi Talib, radi Allahu taala may Allah be pleased with him, and asks, "What is it that you believe?" And that it, it gives such a beautiful narration. What Jafar says when he begins to detail it, he stood and said to him, "O King, we are a nation of we were a nation of ignorant people. We worshipped idols, ate carrion, which is, is like dead meats that are uh, after it's been sitting that has been placed for for idols, or that which is left over by animals. Committed iniquities, broke the ties of kinship." abused our neighbors, and the strong amongst us devoured our weak. In such a state we were until God sent us a messenger from amongst us. We knew of his lineage, his veracity, his trustworthiness, his virtuousness. He called us to God to declare his oneness, to worship him, and to disassociate ourselves from that which we worshiped, we and our forefathers. Other than him of of stones and idols, he ordered us to speak truthfully, to fulfill the trust, to secure the ties of kinship, to be good to our neighbors, to cease the senseless shedding of blood, to refrain from iniquity, perjury, proliferating the money of orphans and the slandering of honorable women. He ordered us to worship Allah alone, associating no partners with him. He ordered us to pray, to give charity and to fast. And he, and he listed for him the rules of Islam. What's so beautiful about this particular uh, interaction is that Jafar ibn Abi Salim gives a lesson for all those who are involved in dawah. Like many times, we're more concerned about tearing down the beliefs of someone else, more concerned about proving why the one that we're speaking to is ignorant or proving why they are wrong for having those particular beliefs, or oh, we're so concerned about uh, how our, you know, so concerned about representing Islam in a way that is, um, that tears down whatever someone else believes. But the way that Jafar ibn Abi Talib Allahu ta'ala an, may Allah ta'ana forever be pleased with him and raise his rank The way that he presents this to the king is the way that all Muslims honestly should introduce Islam. He begins to talk about first and foremost, what was wrong with us? What was erroneous about our behavior? What was erroneous about the way that we interacted? He began to list for him sins that even the Negus who at this time is a Christian is one of the basically of the Coptic Christians, subhanAllah, he begins to detail for him things that are very similar in concept to the, in the Christian concept. He begins to talk about, basically, we were not only living uh, not a good and clean life, but that we were people who were oppressive and harmful to other people, and that we were a people who worshiped idols, This is something that from the beginning begins to speak of that he took us from one state and he elevated us in a higher way of thinking. He elevated our, not only our worship, but he elevated our character. He helped us to understand our connection to each other, right? By saying, when he says that he ordered us that we were a people who severed the ties of kinship. And then he talks about how he, or he urged us that Islam called us to actually make sure that we hold Fast to the ties of kinship, that Islam told us to honor our parents, to respect women, that to be uh, mindful also of the food that we take in our bodies, and more importantly, to worship God and God alone, and, to, and that He removed from us idolatry, that He took us from a state of idolatry into a state of tawheed, into a state of recognizing that God is Almighty. And as He begins to detail this for Him, of course, this is something that the Negus, that King Asmaha can absolutely relate to. He's basically detailing for him how we once were not only a misguided people, but that our character was so vile and that, w- and that we didn't live according to a virtuous value system. And now what he did was he called us to a virtuous value system. But this piece about Tawheed is not a matter of just um, that he called us to worship God. No, it's saying that he's not calling us to worship himself. This is not a matter of, he's never uh, trying to divide us into sex. He's not trying to make us a cult. He's not trying to make himself uh, a leader by which then the people come to worship him. But actually, it's the exact opposite, that he's calling us to say, worship the Lord who created you, the Lord of the heavens and the earth. That, and, and have respect, not only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but have respect for his creation, have respect for the kinship, even to have respect for those who are who are warring against you. SubhanAllah, even have respect for those ties. That even though that they are the ones who are aggressing us, that until this point in time, SubhanAllah, we're actually not trying to aggress them. We're not trying to fight them. We are literally doing our best uh, to teach this message, to live this message, to pray. Right? And then, uh, And this is the reason why we're seeking refuge. We're actually seeking a separation that if they don't want to live with us in peace, Right, not that we're fighting against them, but they are the transgressors, they are the aggressor. And so they don't wish to live with us in peace. So as a result, we're coming to where we can be in peace. And so what this says is that uh, the, the second part of it is to say that based upon these values. Based upon the character that we're being called to, based upon the higher, uh, the higher standard of thinking and the higher standard of life, we would be excellent citizens. We wouldn't be, a, we wouldn't be a nuisance in your country, but that we actually could be of benefit and would be of service to humanity. And this is something that Subhanallah, King Asmaha, immediately when he listened. He turns to Abdullah ibn Rabia and Amr bin As and said, "I will never give them to you. I will not turn them over to you. Like, why would I turn? Right? Like, literally, right? Uh, why would I turn away from? Why would I turn a people who are doing nothing else except seeking to have to worship God and God alone, and have good character?" And he spoke to his lineage. He speaks to the lineage of the Prophet Muhammad and this is huge, especially with Coptic Christians. This is huge. Why? Because he knows that his lineage is that of, of Ibrahim a. right? And there is a high respect for Ibrahim. And he knows even his bloodline. Why is that important? Because prophets come from prophets. Right? And they and they, and they know, they are aware based upon their conversations also with not only other Christians, but also with Jews of the land. They are well aware that they are looking for the prophet to the end of time. And he's making it clear that he fits that description. right? That he fits that description. And so then he goes on uh, to talk about you know, the things that he has forbidden for us and that which he has made lawful for us, right? But then he's saying, you know, but after all that, our people, our own people, they tortured us. They harassed us. Right? They aggressed us. And even, you know, and only until we were overpowered and persecuted and the situation be- was so constrained did we. Uh, come here. So King Negus, at that moment, after having listened, turned to them and said, do you have anything? Do you have anything that is a demonstration of that which he has taught? That which he has brought? And what he's speaking of is revelation. And so, subhanallah, uh, Jafar ibn Abi Talib begins with, and then he goes to recite Surah Al Maryam. And as he is reciting the beautiful words of Surah Al Maryam, King Negus, the, the Negus Asmaha begins to weep. And not only does he weep, but those who are in his court also weep. And he weeps to the point that his beard becomes wet. Because one of the things that the Muslims and the Christians have in common is their love for our mother Mary, their love for Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so as they listen to the verses in the Quran, how Allah has honored this woman, like the high station, That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has has placed her in. But then, not only that, but in these verses of Surah Al-Maryam, Allah begins to describe miracles of Jesus that are not even recorded before the Quran. There are certain miracles that Jesus performs in the fact that we talk about his miracles in infancy. Is actually something that is not mentioned or detailed uh, in the Bible. That his miracles are the miracles of him increasing food, uh, rising, raising those from the dead, and curing the blind. These actually occur later on in his life. But the Islamic standpoint, Right, about the beloved Jesus, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The, the Islamic standpoint is that he actually received, he's one of the few, right, the only that received even revelation before the age of 40. And that he performed miracles even in infancy. And so detailing his high rank, understanding that, that Muslims view him as the Messiah, that he is the Messiah Isa, this was, this was a big deal recognizing that wait a minute if you believe right that he has this such high rank that he has this high position and you hold his mother in such high regard the king asmaha of abyssinia refuses he's like i refuse i I refuse to give them up and then he draws the, the line in the sand and says the difference right because after this is recited right of course Abdullah uh, Ibn Rabia and Amr bin As, they like jump in and try to say, well, tell us, you know, ask them what they believe about Jesus. Ask them, they don't believe the same as you. Trying to create some discord. And when he begins to explain that we believe the Lord thy God is one. When he talks about that, we believe in the creator who is almighty and all powerful and then he begins to explain what we believe about isa being the messiah being the christ what we believe about him is that it's that prophecy for us is no small thing it's no small rank it means that you are that you have lived a perfect life it talks about his we we believe in his miracles we believe in his virgin birth but the only difference between us and that is the creation is the creation and the creator is the creator and a perfect man without sin with so many miracles is still that a perfect a perfect man a perfect messiah with miracles but yet guided and empowered and gifted by the almighty allah so what Jafar ibn abi talib tells him is that we worship the lord of isa The same God that Jesus prayed to, that's who we pray to. But we don't pray to Jesus directly as we believe that there is none that's worthy of worship. That part, none that's worthy of worship. We give none, we don't give our prayers to anyone except the almighty Allah. So for that, he said the difference in what you believe and what we believe is like he he draws a line in the sand. It's just this thin line. It's just this thin line. And subhanAllah, he, you know, he sends them out and he grants the Sahaba and and the companions and the family of the Prophet, he grants them refuge. He grants them refuge. He allows them political and religious asylum inside of their country. The negus' heart is, is pierced with the truth, his heart is becoming illuminated with the light of Islam. But look, Amr bin As and Abdullah ibn Rabia, they don't give up so easy. They don't give up so easy. They don't wanna go back to the council of elders and to the chiefs of the tribes and say, we came all this way and we failed, that we weren't able to bring them back. We weren't able to stop them on their mission. And so the next day, after having, you know, coming back and joining together and talking with each other, they come back the next day and they say, okay, we got to try again. So they go back to the negus, right? And they actually say, I want you to consider that they do not prostrate to you right the abdullah uh ibn rabbi and amr bin as they go back to the negus and, and they're reminding like he's they're trying to sow the seed of discord in his heart saying that they don't honor you they don't really respect you they don't honor you as the other people honor you if you look at the other people who come and they bow down in your presence that they don't prostrate to you and so then Jafar bin Abi Talib and some other of the companions are, are brought before the negus again and asked, why is it that you don't prostrate as the others prostrate? Is it true that you don't truly respect me because of my religion? And Jafar bin Abi Talib Allah Ta'ala says, absolutely not. It's out of respect for you that we don't prostrate to you in the recognition of your humanity that it is only Allah, the Almighty, that we bow down to. It is only God Almighty that we bow down to, that we prostrate ourselves in front of, that we lower our heads to. And with that, of course, the negus is, his heart is moved again. So every time, SubhanAllah, Abdullah ibn Rabia, Amr ibn As, tried to do the opposite try to pull his heart actually away from being inclined toward the Muslims and away from uh, this feeling of, of, of uh, affinity towards them. Every time they, he tries to do that, the opposite happens. <laughs> then I guess becomes more endeared to them, more respectful of them. And subhanAllah, as we know, closer to Islam Actually, with every word, with every word, subhanAllah, uh, the negus is moved. And as we know, subhanAllah, um, these two trips, right? These two trips was something that just began to even fortify, uh, began to fortify uh, the position of the Muslims inside of East Africa. Because just as the Quraysh were afraid, that of course they're spreading their message. They're calling people to the belief in one God. They're calling people to believe in the creator. They're calling people to, uh, you know, to pray to only Allah They're telling people, how can you not? They're telling people about the beautiful Prophet Muhammad And this is something that's resonating. They're speaking to them about that this is the continued message. Of Prophet Isa a.s. of Jesus, peace be upon him. This is the continuation of his message that this is the last prophet that he spoke of, and so their 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 position inside of East Africa is becoming more and more certified. And of course, with the uh, you know Subhanallah, uh, with this, it is something that uh, the Negus again his heart is, is being moved. Inshallah, we're going to stop there uh, and take questions and answers. Q&A, be it that last week, we didn't get the opportunity uh, to do Q&A as we did before. So, inshallah, I'm going to stop there before we go on to the next section, be it in that because we're, we're coming up on, you know, this is what's happening in Abyssinia. But as those who are in Abyssinia, subhanAllah, it seems like they're kind of enduring this hardship. Right? That they're being forced. Uh, but on the other side, those who remained inside of Mecca are now the, the boycott is being raised against them. That now an order has come out. Right. The order has come out that they shall not, that no one shall buy nor trade or sell to the Muslims. Right. That they are refusing. Uh, an order is being written up. Like, basically, we've tried everything. We've insulted them. We've tortured them. We've persecuted them. We've done, we've pushed them out. We've, we've cut off their married, marriage ties. We've done everything to these believers and they will not give up their faith, which are the signs of true believers, all right? And so the last thing they do is literally say, well, we will starve them out. We will not sell food to them. We won't sell them food, sell them water, Sell them supplies we won't sell to them nor will we buy from them nor will we let them leave. So this becomes an extreme hardship upon the Muslims and they are uh even though for those who did not migrate who who were basically left and trapped inside that they are subhanAllah then forced to live uh on the outskirts of Shaab they're they're forced to live uh on the outskirts of Mecca and some mountain, basically some hills, some hillside that is owned by Abu Talib, uh, the, the uncle of the Prophet Wasallam, who's willing to give them uh, his, his place, right, for that. And so again, with that being said, I'm going to pause there. I don't want to go too much in detail uh, about this next section, because it, it does go into a whole nother uh, time, subhanAllah, it goes into a whole nother time and so but the muslims are suffering right on on one side there's a certain relief actually inside of abyssinia that they're able to enjoy because the negus eventually converts to islam even though his people are very concerned his people his people are actually coming to him and saying don't side with them and leave our ways don't you leave our traditions Right. His people are, are warning him. Those who are in high court, you know, around him are saying that if you leave the if you relieve leave the religion of our forefathers, specifically talking about being a Coptic Christian, that if you leave this religion, right, we shall wage war against you. But Asmaha sees something greater than what they see. He sees actually the reflection of Jesus inside what they're describing. He's able to see the light of revelation from them. And he recognizes where that thin line where one can believe in something and then it crosses over the thin line of idolatry. The thin line uh, between understanding what it means to believe in the almighty, right? To believe in, and there is none that is worthy of worship except God almighty, except Allah done There's none worthy of worship. And, and that, that is the creator, the almighty creator and the created, even if they are the emissaries, even if they are the ones, the high, the elites, the, the infallible, the ones who are sent with the message, who are entrusted with miracles and sagacity and wisdom, even though they be high in rank, they're still the creation. And these two are not the same. And so King Asmaha, is, is, he's seeing that, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is opening up his eyes. But one of the trials, uh, sometimes of the believer, is that when that, especially to test their sincerity, to test their faith, Is that those who are around them are threatening him. They begin to threaten him, but he remains steadfast and firm and uh, and again, begins to provide an asylum for those who are uh, for the Muslims who are present inside of Abyssinia at the time. And interestingly enough, Abu Talib is providing also an asylum and a a place of refuge for the Muslims who are are being pushed to the outskirts. So this is the time of building allyship and solidarity for the Muslims, where they begin to work with people uh, initially, people of other faiths in, in order to protect their own religion, and that becomes a means by which the, the, the light of Islam is spread, subhanAllah. Allah will provide for you for means that you imagine and for means you did not imagine. All right, there's so many lessons inside of this that sometimes we think that the, we should not be narrow-minded in terms of where would the help of Allah come nor should we ever be dismissive of, of having solidarity with people who are of strong faith and good character and there are who have hold very similar beliefs to what we believe and subhanallah for some it's just that that thin line and that we should never uh, back down actually from speaking the truth about what our faith says because we never know we never know what heart would be moved by it but how important the tenets Uh, The details of dawah are that before we just jump right into our belief about Allah, that we talk about what does he teach us about who we are and our responsibility to humanity and how did Allah transform my life personally and how did he transform us as a people collectively. With that being said, mm-hmm. Ya Allah, we thank you for this opportunity for us to be together and to learn about the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu wa sallam. Ya Rabbi, we ask that you please increase your peace, your blessings upon him and upon his ummah and upon his righteous family. Allah, we ask that you make us amongst those that we are able to illuminate our hearts by these lessons and by which we're beautified by them for your sake, that we're increased in knowledge, Ya Rabbi, that increases us in wisdom and in nearness and in love for you, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask that you please bless King Asmaha, Ya Rabbi, continue to expand his grave and elevate his rank, bless his companions, bless the companions of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Wa Wa Bayt. Ya Allah, we ask you by your mercy that you please Bless there to be peace in this region ya rabbi bless there to be peace in that which was abyssinia ya rabbi we ask that you please bless the muslims to stand upright to be firm upon Sarat al-mustaqim and to have a hand ya rabbi in the ending of this violence make us a means of relief for those who are in, who are suffering make us a means of relief ya rabbi and a refuge for those who are oppressed ya allah and make us muslim ya rabbi to follow the sunnah of the prophet muhammad alayhi, and being a mercy to humanity allah you are our lord and this this is our prayer. So please, your Rabbi, accept it from us. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Habibina Munanā Muhammad wa anā anīhi wa sahbihi wa Alhamdulillah. Thank you for tuning in. Please consider becoming a monthly sustainer by joining 1,000 Hearts of Ta'lif and committing to give $3 a day to keep this work coming to seekers, youth and newcomers to Islam. Sign up today at wwwtatleafcollectiveorg forward slash donate. We hope you enjoyed the variety of sessions available and hope you benefit immensely. Allah bless you and Allah bless your loved ones.